da 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 here's Matt. Da 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 there's Bert. Ba da ba 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 hope something sticks. Blah blah blah. Welcome to Hope Something Sticks. I'm Bert. Yo, I'm Matt. What's up? And today we'll be talking about the very pleasant topic of politics in the United States, specifically the Republican and the Democratic parties. Oh, I thought we were going to cover everything. Oops. Just throw out 2% of my notes. There goes the Whig Party, the Libertarian Party, the Independence. Whig Party is instrumental in American history, and no one remembers it. I didn't say... I'm not saying it's not, just uh, it doesn't exist anymore, and it's not one of the two parties that uh, we're talking about. Yeah, they really fucked up. Yeah. That'll be a different episode. We can talk about them right now. They supported slavery. The end. Thanks, Jimmy. It's Jimmy Buchanan, everybody. Your Mm. second worst president in American history. (laughs) Uh, I'll try not to be too biased. I think I'm supposed to be the... I think I can be the Republican... I'm not going to say the Republican side, but I'll I'll try to be the more conservative uh, proponent. I I feel like I'm more conservative than you are. You definitely kind of are. In some in some regards, sure. That's that's what's fucked about politics nowadays, is that they're just not recognizing the intersectionality of both of their parties and the obviousness of it, in some regards. And mm-hmm. and how everyone, even young people, are, are are disenchanted by the idea that okay, here's what I am as a label. And now here's the checklist of everything, and you got to check off every single thing. And that's not what yeah. people want, man. They don't want the fucking cable package deal. They want the a la carte package. <laughs> and that's, there. that's that's how it's viewed. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, but, you know, the reason why it's not like that, even though people, I think, the majority of people, you know, uh, have the same viewpoint on you on that is that no one, no one from a party is willing to break off and create a third party because if you do that, say if you you cut the you know either Democratic or Republican party in half, then that means you know the other party that didn't split off will control politics forever. Unless they split off as well. They're just underestimating the will of people to do crazy shit. That's why the Democrats lost in 16. To a fucking reality TV host. Who was a... You know, he didn't just burst onto the scene with a TV show. He's been in the American mouth as a bad taste or a cavity for about 30 years. Ish. I'd say more than that. I, yeah, I'd say know, he, he, he started off in the, I guess, the 70s. Sure. Uh, yeah. Came kind of big in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Uh, went bankrupt five times. That's it? Uh, and then popped up. Yeah, I think his company's had five bankruptcies. He takes care of business, huh? Five bankruptcies and he's still swinging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is. The people he's put out of business because of those bankruptcies, they're not. Yeah. Well, he's able to make money off of his brand. There's a lot of buildings that have, like, say, you know, Trump on them mm-hmm. that he doesn't actually own. He just you know, license off his, licenses his brand, mm-hmm. and he makes money off of that, and... Um, he also got uh, almost inexplicably uh, like billions of dollars from uh, Deutsche Bank, who is currently being investigated for having shady dealings with the Russian government. Oh no, we're going to be taking care of those investigations pretty soon. <laughs> Everybody who has anything to do with them, or who has ever filed, you know, any kind of an email with an attachment related to it, has been fired. 
I don't know. It's never really happened before, uh, even if a president had done something illegal. Like, uh, no, you know, nobody went after uh, Nixon. I mean, it was his vice president that became president after him, but, you know. The next guy up uh, didn't do anything either. No, they got like, rid of uh, they got rid of Spiro. He had to resign too. Well, yeah, but th- there's no like criminal charges charges brought up. Right, there were no criminal charges, and yet he was given a pardon anyway because Gerald Ford was dumb. <laughs> very, very dumb, Gerald. That's why he was very adequately equated. He had the best impersonation ever on that episode of The Simpsons when George Bush moved in next to Homer. (laughs) And then George Bush moves because Homer just pisses him off so much. (laughs) (laughs) That neighbor, I love that episode. It was fantastic. (laughs) Where this just presidential mansion just shows up out of nowhere next next (laughs) door, next door, or across the street. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. So anyway, Democrats and Republicans. So, um, well, you're, you're acquainted more with uh, history, Matt. Why don't you kind of break down, you know, how the you know, kind of how the party started, and also how they kind of switched places uh, over the past. Uh, well, say 70 years. Yeah, we're pushing that. In the beginning, there was a guy with a big old fucking beard. But he was ballsy enough to not have a mustache with that beard. Very, very weird times in the Civil War. And uh, South didn't appreciate that too much. Uh... Plus, he kept trying to add states, specifically without slavery, with slavery banned outright. Oh, fast forward. Uh, 650,000 dead Americans in total-ish. Uh, and plus one dead president. And uh, you have the birth of the Republican Party, forged on Lincoln's legacy. And then blown I mean, into the side of a mountain in the 30s on Indian land. <laughs> oh, God. Woo! Thanks, guys. Yeah, I, that, That'll be I there mean, for, like, 200,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> like, after everything is gone. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> buildings, roads, whatever. That'll still be there. Mount Rushmore... It'll be like faded and weird and weathered, and you'll see these weird amorphous shapes just carved into the side of a mountain. Mm-hmm. That is truly America's most macabre monument. And Abe Lincoln's up there because he effectively freed zero slaves when he signed the Emancipation Proclamation, eighteen sixty-three. Right when when he signed it, but after the war, then. Then the process began. Then the the great process began, which had to also face uh, innumerable Jim Crow laws, which took another 100 years to get anything done. And what happens 100 years later? A Southerner blows the head off of the next guy who tries getting anything done on that. Except this time it's a Democrat. But even that doesn't stop him. Because a man from that same state, Lyndon Johnson, carries the torch even further and gets the Civil Rights Act passed in, I believe, 64, the next year. Yeah, it was in 64. Yeah. And that was... That was it. The second... He did that. Every, I mean, I mean, the South was democratic. Religiously, it was just rote. You knew they were going to vote democratic every time, just because of what Lincoln did. 
And you know what? If anybody tries to tell you different, they're full of shit. Mm. It wasn't social programs. It wasn't what FDR was doing. <laughs> it wasn't... I mean, you know, FDR certainly fucking helped out a little bit. A lot of it. With the New Deal. Which is hilarious nowadays. That, that Republicans are shitting all over the Green New Deal. Because it's the same... It, it harkens on those same principles. But it also, you know, it, it, it's really given them a, a kind of an existential crisis. They're, they're heading down to the wire here. Sorry to jump ahead and when the switch happened. But the switch happened with the Civil, with the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. Right. Well, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a clean switch like right after that happened. It, it was a pretty slow process. I don't think uh, so. Nah, the, Nixon, uh, hammer, Nixon hammered it home with the Southern strategy. He knew Nixon exactly ha- what to do. He said, look at all these people who are pissed off with the Democratic Party, and they're all Southerners. They don't like black people. So let's just hammer it home and call them. And this is where he co-opted a term, the silent majority. He stole that. The silent majority referred to the dead. The war dead, the great dead. They were the. <laughs> they were is a poetic term. And then he co-ops that and says, "No, no, no. The silent majority is all us not saying anything, which is just giant, which is more horseshit." They were saying. They were saying plenty. Uh, I particularly remember there. There was a. F- like even into the early two thousands, there was a few of those like really old school Democrats that just never made the switch. This is true. That who only were finally, basically Republicans. Right. Like only finally did like around like two. I remember there was like the last guy was like in two thousand five or something when we were in high school. Sure. Yeah. They didn't. I forget, I they forget didn't, his they didn't name, get the memo. <laughs> yeah. And and like and Joe Biden, like you know, like the. A lot of his history has been kind of brought up, and, you know, he had to deal with a lot of segregationist Democrats, you know. It, it wasn't like that, you know. It, I, I think because people assume that, because th- people assume that was, like, the num- you know, the only important thing within the party system, you know, the, the divide. There's a lot of things you know, through the years that were important to Democrats and Republicans, you know, outside of, you know, the, the, you know, uh, race relations, that's a huge thing. And, you know, it essentially caused an entire war, but, um, and it's not the only thing. And, and you can even look at it today where people are, they don't even see it as what what the policies are and, you know, kind of what the party is about. They just go with the party. It's like, you know, it's like their college team, you know? True, true. That's what it's becoming, it like for that. sure. Yeah, that, yeah, again. So, yeah. So that, that's kind of sort of a brief on the Democrats and Republicans. Kind of picking up on the Green New Deal. For me... It seemed like it didn't really have like any kind of coherent message to it. It seemed like uh, Osio Cortez took every you know hope for you know that the Democratic Party had and put it all into one document. Cause there was like basically everything that the Democrats could have like ever wanted, she like put in there. Yeah, and you know what? You know what I see? I was out in uh, near my brother. Uh, this is my elder brother, and he's out in uh, basically the the uh, suburban Discordia spear as it stabs into the heart of the farmland of America. All right, and out there it's. That's basically the bat. Those are the battlegrounds nowadays for the, for this upcoming election. It used to be staunchly, well, you know, every now and again it flips Democratic, but for the most part, it's always Republican, because they're the greediest people 
in our society. Because they want more land, they want their own space, and they want people to stop bothering them. Hmm. That's me shitting all over the suburbs. That's going to that's gonna be a yeah. recurring theme. <laughs> Cat house! There. there. We can keep, keep people coming. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. But I still see, even out there... Sorry, I forgot the point. <laughs> I got <laughs> derailed. I got derailed by just my, my, my love for shitting all over the suburbs. Even out there. I'm seeing the placards. I'm seeing the yard signs. I'm seeing the advertisements of people willingly putting out Great New Deal! Now! I don't know why people say Southern up here in Illinois, but every now and again it happens. Yeah. I wonder how... how many of them actually read the Green New Deal. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. They're... So apparently there is some stuff that's kind of weird. So I listen to a Joe Rogan's podcast every once in a while, Ooh, and uh, just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fuck that guy who's way more successful than us. What? All right, so his sound quality is a hell of a lot better. That's usually what does it. Yeah. Well, he also you know he had a brand before he became a podcaster. Um, he had. A whole bunch of famous friends that I, I he could pull I from. I don't. I, I have. I've not forgiven him for ruining Doug Stanhope's career. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely the better one in the the and man he, show. He, yeah, he fucked up the man show. You know, so I, how, yeah, I totally how, fucked how up how the man show. How am I supposed to listen to a guy who fucked up the man show? Adam Carolla and Steve and, and <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel are national icons. And and Joe Rogan has a podcast, and Doug Stanhope is an alcoholic. How great is that? Justice in America, everybody. Doug Stanhope is your independent candidate. So anyway, you were listening to Joe Rogan, you fuck. Yeah. I mean, I don't listen to it for Joe Rogan. He kind of pisses me off. But he does have a lot of good guests on. Uh, one interesting guy was uh, Dan Crenshaw. He's a Republican representative uh, of Texas. Uh, he, he was, he's that uh, he's that veteran with the eye patch. I don't know if you ever seen him. No. Yeah, he's pretty badass looking. He looks like Russell Crowe from Escape from New York. What? That was Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, whatever. There's some what what I, I meant. All right, Chris, let's let's just keep going. I'm, I I meant I meant me. <laughs> I meant Kurt Russell. Oh man, it's Kurt, Kurt Kurt Russell from Escape from New York. Uh, so anyway, so Crenshaw, he said, eye Dan Crenshaw, eye patch, yeah, veteran. Uh, so one of the things that he mentioned about the Green New Deal was, you know, getting away from fossil fuels and being 100%, uh, you know, using 100% green uh, energy at, right. you know, at some point in time. Yeah. Yeah, but they also say that they want, in the Green New Deal, to get rid of nuclear energy, which accounts for 20% of our energy consumption. Whoa. Or en- energy, energy output. Who's given that number? Uh, he did. Is that from... Okay. I'd have to double check that against the... Oh... Oh, crap. I can't remember. It's a bunch of vowels. The International Energy Atomic Organization. I can't remember exactly how it's spelled out. There's an organization that specifically monitors how much that how much juice we're getting from from each uh, source. And ten years ago, it was still fifty percent coal. Now I haven't checked it in a while. Those numbers are probably screwed up because ten years ago we were in the middle of a recession. Seems so. There's no way we're getting twenty percent from nuclear. That's France. France gets it 
a shitload from nuclear. No. Uh, EIA.gov says we get 19.7%. Get the fuck out of here. It's a huge amount, yeah. That's gargantuan. Nuclear is, yeah, almost 20. New renew- Renewables in total, so wind, solar, whatever. Man. 17.5. Hydropower, 6.6. So Talk about, dude, I mean, I know nuclear is amazing, but... Shit. That causes so much waste. And and there and there's so many there's so many leaks that could happen. Just just not like not like nuclear waste leaks, but but like uh, it's like a T word. I think it's tritium. Kind of sounds like the but thing he, in Spider Man that Doctor Octopus was trying to steal. I, I mean, I, I think that was tritium with that oh. Doctor Octopus was trying to steal. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. All right, whatever. It's I don't know. Maybe anyway. it's the same shit. So, no, I understand. So there's and they need a shitload of con- water, that, and you know you, that that shit's not okay. Fucking, so, so it's not safe. All right. So there's of course there's concerns about nuclear energy and valid ones, but when you put that up against the concerns of global warming, they're significantly you know they're less. The whole world isn't gonna catch on fire because of nuclear energy man global warming global climate change and how much fresh water we have on this planet is it's all tied together you can't tell me that uh, man it takes a shitload of fresh water water to run those okay nuclear energy counts for 20% so not only are getting rid of coal, natural gas, but also nuclear energy. So that's almost everything. Right. And cha- and switching over in the next like 30, 40 years. It's th- it's not going to happen. Like maybe we taper off from nuclear energy or we harness fusion energy, fu- you know, and which has way less uh harmful byproducts. But uh you know, and this is what Mr. To, Crenshaw to, was saying. That's what Crenshaw was saying. That, what's one of the things he was saying? That's the one Please that stuck out to me the most. educate me in the ways of the Crenshaw. Uh, I, I didn't understand. I didn't know that fusion was a thing that existed. Oh, he didn't mention fusion. It doesn't exist. I'm saying if it did, it would be much. It, it wouldn't have the same kind of uh, byproducts as fission does now. But fusion. You know, since it's so much more powerful, it, it so basically, in order to have a fusion reactor, you basically have to create a small sun, and have the yes. re, have have the have the uh, you know building that you know encloses it, not just you know melt with the sheer you know energy of it. So it has to happen somewhere in the ocean, very deep down. Got it. Mm. Anyway, how, however you do it, but that, that's basically what you know. That, that's what the sun is. It's a gigantic fusion reactor. Got it. Okay. And that—that's what it'd be like. You know, if we created it here on Earth, it would just be a small sun. Well, that sounds safe. All right, cool. Not particularly, but if you could make it like, again, just the byproducts are much safer. You know, if you're able to harness it. Anyway. The, that's not the important part. So, let's, so let's just put the sun somewhere underneath the ocean. God <laughs> damn it! What the fuck? We can't just coat Iowa in wind turbines. I mean, who the fuck would miss it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he, let's get into the more so interesting he, topic of which part of America has to sacrifice itself for the rest of us. <laughs> okay, before we get to that, what, one more thing that Crenshaw mentioned about energy that was was also really good, and it, it's true. So if we rely 100% on, say, wind energy and solar energy and whatever, those are power sources that aren't always there. You know, the sun's not always out, and the wind's not always blowing. 
it's not like nuclear energy or coal or any other kind of final fossil fuel where you could just run it 24-7. And we don't have the energy storage uh, infrastructure to do that. Like, you know, you could, you know, the sun produces more than enough energy to power everything forever, you know, until it blows up in you know, a few billion years. But till then, we can't, we, but we can't store that energy. We don't have, you know, the battery power to do it. Um, and something tells me that batteries are going to get a little bit better in the near future. But, but, but here's the thing the minerals to use to make the batteries causes huge um, environmental problems where they're mined. Like lithium, lithium mining is super dirty. Uh, even if if you did do that and mined a whole shit ton of lithium and then, you know, had that infrastructure, like, it still probably wouldn't work too great. You still need something else. Well, what are you talking about batteries for? Well, because... I'm not talking about putting batteries in people's fucking homes. What, what... Well, what other green energy... What green, green energy source it can run 24-7 tidal power geothermal I mean geothermal yeah, that, obviously can't go everywhere so you got spot yeah. locations where that could work but tidal power itself 90% of the world's population lives on the fucking coast and that shit still is it's still very much in development they haven't quite figured out how to do it properly. It's gonna have, you know, it's gonna involve shitloads of cables, and it's gonna involve some kind of a, some kind of a balance between where the hell you run that cable and how you run it safely. Tankers and whatnot, coral and whatnot, whales, fucking whales running into shit. Yeah, but would you would you always have enough power from it? Like it, you know. The tides ebb and flow. And how appliances powerful, like, are consistently getting more efficient. Okay, you know, we're, we're not running but, the same phantom loads that we used to run. All that you know, at, at some point we're gonna fucking you know hit some kind of a balance point. Not to mention, you know, developing countries. And here's the real rub: is okay. population control. Not like in terms yeah, of killing luck. people, but developed yeah, no, countries, I, uh, people stop fucking as much, or at least they stop having as many kids because it's so expensive yeah. to have a kid. I don't know if that's so the that's reason, been, but that's been that's that been it, the number one thing to knock down population growth is being a developed nation. I mean, look at you mm-hmm. know, Japan or Italy. These are yeah. countries. These are countries dealing with population decline, and are desperately trying to get their populations to start banging again. Yeah, I don't know if it's just, you know, that's the reason why they're in decline. But yeah, that you know, there does definitely seem to be a correlation between being a first world country and not having a huge growth in the population. But doesn't really matter. Anyway, any kind of population growth in these countries is, you know, inevitably leads to uh, massive amounts of consumption. Sure. So we just need to stop, you know, eating so many damn batteries. Stop eating batteries, kids. What the hell? We're supposed to be talking about politics. How does this relate? Yeah. How does this so, come back? How does this come back? Let's okay, bring it so back. The, the what's Biden so going to do about the Green New Deal? Does he say anything about it? I have not listened to a single interview of his because I think his strategy, and this is the thing I love ranting about the most, is strategy. And it's the only thing that I can positively, or even, uh, even remotely play devil's advocate with, with regards to he who shall not be named, because. Uh, eventually, I don't want to be recorded as having been any kind of a proponent of his <laughs> at all. I, I he's I, I feel bad about having any conversation in the past and anything I've ever said 
being a proponent of his because it this motherfucker is uh, he's just bad news and he's gonna go down he's not gonna be on the right side of history and that's the problem is that I know that now I see very much so how badly he looks and he is gonna take everybody down with him because he's at the end of his rope and he's he doesn't care this is a man who has not cared since the beginning of time yeah so what has biden said biden has said nothing because i think he's just letting the fire burn and he's gonna he thinks the fire will burn out i think well, I think what he's doing is, is a good strategy. Uh, second, well, just to touch back on and kind of close the loop we, we had, my issue with the whole thing with the Green New Deal and, you know, kind of everything that goes along with it is that it's it's just so much of a, a pipe dream. Like, I want it all to happen. But it's not going to happen the way that they want it in the in the time that they want it in. It it just you know not unless everyone becomes you know as liberal as they are, which is just not going to happen. And I you know that's why from the beginning of uh, you know the democratic uh, primary cycle, um, that's one of the reasons why I've been pulling for Biden. Well, sometimes you just gotta secret that shit, man. You just gotta will it into existence, and then it'll happen. Yeah, then the next guy just takes it all down. Uh, I didn't will that into existence. You did. So, alright, so getting back into kind of the current politics, and, you know, we can keep going on with... uh, the election and just kind of the different well there's a whole bunch there's a whole lot more to the Democrats and Republicans than just the current election and one thing yeah so the, the one thing that I'm noticing is the more that they hate each other the Democrats and Republicans the more time goes on, the less distinction I find between the two. Aside from being uh, pro-choice, pro-life, that debate, and gun rights as opposed to, you know, just, you know, whatever, just sell them willy-nilly, essentially. What's the difference between Democrats and Republicans from, you know, just a conceptual standpoint? One wants... Well, I should say one proposes radical tax cuts and presents them as benefiting, let's say, people in the $20,000 to $50,000 income range annually, when in fact those tax cuts may marginally benefit them. And the tax, but then they tie in much larger tax cuts moving on up the income chain, and that's the crumb that they give to the middle to the, if you want to call that the middle class, I call that the lower middle class because that's what they are. These are people who can't. I mean, yeah, whatever. And then there are the others who are proponents of many safety nets for everyone even lower than that $20,000 range. So, and, yeah, I think that's really the main difference. And, you know, you can pick and choose hot-button issues like, like, like abortion, which still is, amazingly, a hot-button issue. That one's going to... That one's gonna die out. It, it, I, don't I mean, it, 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 it doesn't. I don't. I talk. I don't talk. I don't hear anybody talking about that one 
because it's just ridiculous to even mention. In, in, I don't know the the religious right still mentions it a lot, and it's and that does take up a lot a, a big part of the Republican Party, the evangelicals, um, you know, and a lot of other religious groups, you know, that that are in like kind of you call the orthodoxy of their religion. But voting along an orthodox line that and only an orthodox line I mean you're talking that basically splits the Catholic vote because the the old school Catholic vote was yeah not only pro pro life and staunchly so but it was also yeah. pro labor it was also pro labor union and it was also pro poor people uh, vigorously so Mm-hmm. And so, that movement is still, I'd like to say, very much alive, but it's its tough to see it, because you don't see it in the media. You don't see it in any media whatsoever, right or left. The left definitely doesn't fucking show it. And the right just only wants to show, hey, here's your pro-life candidate, vote for him. Yeah. I actually filled out a, uh, I filled out a feedback notice. And, uh, well, I was very proud of myself. I left a comment on Fox News' feedback page. Uh, (laughs) I was very, very adamant about their lack of a moderator in their comments section on every one of their news (laughs) stories. It doesn't matter what it is. There's always some racist, crazy shit being said on there. Uh... I felt like someone had to be the adult and saying, I don't agree with this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that shut him up. I don't know. You know, I, I gotta believe somebody read that somewhere and said, you know what, this is fucked up. Somebody finally just said, you know, we thought we would go, keep going with it, guys. We thought would, the joke would continue forever. Until, and we said we'd only stop until someone said, I don't agree with this. In an adult-like fashion. Mm-hmm. And then somebody did. So, uh, maybe that's it. That's Good it. morning, starlight. <laughs> the world says hello. You know. So, so, what, all right. so what we were talking about was uh, the difference between the Republicans and Democrats. Now, you said that the Democrats try to put in more... Um, gov- you know, government program safety nets, uh, and the Republicans basically just do da- tax cuts, and you know that's how they say they help the uh, you know the people. Yeah, it's all about understanding issues. how the spin goes. Who's well, that's the thing? What? Like the, I would say they they both do try to promote government programs. It's just what government programs are palatable to their base. So. So not just tax cuts for Republicans. There, there's actually uh, a government program that Republicans are very uh, for and continually push to put more money into. And what that is is the military and the military-industrial complex. Yep. Now, so by doing that, so a lot of towns, especially conservative towns, they rely on one gigantic company, and a lot of times they're like some kind of military contractor, like with Melbourne and uh, Harris. Right. Like almost the entire town runs on Harris. If Harris went away or you know got cut back, you'd have a whole bunch of people out of a job. So that is their government program, where the government is paying, you know, whatever company to build you know, communication systems, weapon systems, whatever, uh, you know, tanks, you know, whatever, whatever it is that it was that, that particular company. It was, it was surveillance. Yep. Yeah, for Harris. But, you know, wh- whatever, you know, Lockheed Martin, Boeing, whatever the fuck, doesn't matter. They pay them, and then they, then they pay their workers... And, you know, they have job security as long as the government keeps paying them. 
Mm-hmm. So that, that in effect, is a government program. Now, that sounds a lot better to a conservative person that, you know, oh, I, I'm, I'm not actually getting helped out. I have a job. That job is funded by the go- government, and that job isn't necessarily needed. Uh, you know, they just keep spending money on the military just because. Um, or you have the Democratic side, which creates, um, you know, pro- government programs that, again, you know, they're not perfect and, you know, and they're not palatable to Republicans because they see it as a handout. Right, but so, that, that kind of, it hits on this, the great hypocrisy. Is, is, is that... You know, that's for me. That's what the difference between they are. It's just what audience is there? Are they playing to? And that audience has changed before, like we talked about, and you know, it might change again. And it's just what sounds good to you, right? Yeah. And you know, that's ma- what ma- they, maybe that's, that's what, what they politics should be. But that's it just the, that's the whole idea of representative politics. They are trying to it, represent your ass. Are they trying to tell it, you what to think? Fuck yeah. But ultimately, they have to succumb if enough people rise up and say a different thing, or just say anything in that regard, and that's they respond to it. And uh, you, know, you see it. You see it in the dumbass waves of people that you get. That's you'll the thing, get progressive just... waves, and then you'll get your fucking crazy tea party waves. Who really, really, really don't like black people. And they are going to let everybody know about it. They are going to dress up in Indian garb and throw your fucking tea in the harbor. That's it. That's what they're going to do. It just seems... Tea party! Like like both parties are, are really just doing the same thing. They're making sure that, you know, their constituents has have money in their pockets... And whatever, like there's again from a fundamental standpoint, all I see is the hot button issues of birth control and you know firearm control. That's essentially it. Yeah, those are the things that get people super hot. Anything that gets people red hot, they are willing to touch on it, and that is why these Republicans are just. Nowadays, they are burnt. They don't know what they're fucking doing. They are becoming more and more fractured, and it is very clear, as clear as it can be, that you they are going to have to start picking. I mean, they already had to start picking sides, and they have started yeah. to do so. There's the Lincoln Project, which are the yeah. never, which are the never Trumpers. And they're starting. They're being. They've been vocal for years now, and their numbers are growing. You know, the uh, John McCain's old campaign manager. I uh, can't remember his name. I know he's he's played by uh, Woody Harrelson in that move, that <laughs> HBO movie. Yeah, uh, the Rogue, which is actually pretty good. Yeah, that's, uh, I, suggest, I suggest it. That's pretty good stuff. Has uh, Ed Harris as McCain, right? That's right. That's what that's what I was mixing up. It was Ed Harris as McCain. Yeah. And Woody Harrelson as his, as his campaign manager. Woody Harrelson's character in real life, whose name from, escapes me, said that he's quoted as saying that the Republican Party has to burn itself down. <laughs> Uh, this is your campaign manager from for the president for the president of twelve years ago, and the and and that's it. That that's it. The Republican Party, as we know it, has to burn itself all the way down, because where it has gone has spiraled so far into its own ism that it's it's unrecognizable by certain standards. Yeah, but that's the genius of of this disgusting campaign. Is it's just a distractacon as far as I'm concerned. 
or a Decepticon trademark pending. Nobody has that, right? Nobody's nobody's <laughs> trademarked Decepticon, right? Don't think so, no. Trump's not just a Decepticon and a in a fucking Andy Kaufman suit or something, or he's not Andy Kaufman in a Decepticon suit. I've completely lost all track of reality at this point. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Andy Kaufman's gonna rip out and go, ha 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 ha! I'm the greatest. <laughs> Actually, God damn good. it, Andy! Damn it! So fucking, so fucking genius. <laughs> tricked America and the world into doing crazy, crazy things. <sighs> Except Andy was just about the jokes. This guy's just about the money. Which is even dumber. It's not even just about the money. It's about... The, the thing about Trump is... What's going on in the world, anything material does not matter. The only thing that matters is the perception of what is real, not actual reality. As long as the, the general perception is the way that he wants it, he's happy. And when the perception is not the way he wants it, he's not happy. And that, that's basically it. It, it. it doesn't matter if he actually did a good job. It's just whether people believe he did a good job. So we should or, just build him a fucking statue, pretend he did a good job, tell him he did a good job, and then just do whatever the hell we want after. That's what it sounds yeah, like. That, if I mean, It sounds like he would cause a whole hell of a lot less havoc if we just put him in a bubble and just isolated him from the world. And then made our own goddamn decisions and dealt with Pence. Sure, but that's not I what think, happened. Ugh, God. But, I don't know. Um, so what? So what's going to happen? I mean, are the are the are the, is the bottom twenty five percent of this country, in terms of intelligence, the people who actually need to. Uh, pass a cognitive test in order to actually go into a polling place are the are these people going to see the light have you experienced any of them have you talked to anybody like that all right I well first it's a mistake to think that every single really stupid person uh is a trump voter or a republican i agree with that 100% they are I, I some really stupid liberals them. i worked 20 feet away from one Yeah, I, I don't know what the percentages are, but I, I think they're fairly close. Um, no, there's plenty of people who are playing the numbers, who are treating this like it's a game. They're you know day traders who vote for Trump because he increases the volatility of the stock market. There's people who have never believed in the income tax. The Ron Swansons of the world. Yeah, sure. They, you know, well, that's different. The, yeah, there's the people who think that government should be a hundred percent abolished, and wow, he has accomplished that goal in such magnificent fashion as to boggle even Republican minds. Like they wanted it. They're the dogs that caught the car. Nowadays, that's what they are. They're dogs on the who, who whose jaws are clenched on the bumper of a car going fifty miles an hour, and they don't know how to let go because they got what they wanted, and they're terrified. They've got they've got an administration and agencies across the board that are filled with either no acting director, no secretary. There's no secretary of anything. He didn't bother nominating anybody because that was the point. If you don't nominate well, anybody, there's no one in charge. And if there's no one in charge, then there's nothing but acting directors, interim directors, assistant deputy director of the derp a -de derp a -de derp 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 There's no one in charge. So no one has the authority, officially and legally, to do anything. So everything well, that's being done 
it can be chalked up to, well, there's nobody in charge, so I was just doing my job as it was. And so nothing gets enforced. There's no new cases being made. Nothing's happening at the EPA. Nothing's, nothing's being done this way or that. Nobody's looking at anybody so, fucking up. So, well, so f first what he did is most of his cabinet, he filled with people who were the exact antithesis of the departments they were in charge of. Betsy DeVos has zero experience with public schools. She never went to a public school. She never had a kid that went to a public school. She never worked for a public school. She's never been in a public school, uh, probably until like about a year into her term as Secretary of Education. The first head of the EPA was suing the EPA when he became the director of it. So, but, but then, you know, just because of personnel, you know, their personality problems, a, a lot of them, uh, or just complete and other incompetence, mostly just personality comp problems, the, the competence wasn't all that big of a deal. Uh, they, you know, got fired. And Trump learned pretty quick that to put, put in s someone... In, the, in these positions, in these permanent positions, he has to get Senate approval. So he has to run this by the Senate Republicans, essentially, because um, uh, because it turned into a 50% vote because of uh, Harry Reid, uh, the Democratic Senate Majority Leader uh, during the Obama administration. Hey everybody, it's Bert. We're going to be cutting this episode short, uh, making another two-parter. Uh, before I sign out, though, there was a uh, there was a bit between me and Matt uh, talking about uh, the audio editing that I thought was kind of funny. So I just kind of stuck it in here at the end of the episode. So enjoy, and see you guys later. Okay. So at the thirty-eight minute and one second mark. Ugh. <laughs> that is when the recording has begun. Thirty-eight. One second. Whatever. I'm, how hard is it to chop off the first whatever? Harder than not doing it. Oh my! You, uh, 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 no. No.